0: Thank you for tuning in to the Everyday Christian Podcast, a work of Scattered Abroad, which is overseen by the East Hill Church of Christ in Pulaski, Tennessee. You can find our website at scatteredabroad.org. In this podcast, we show that God deserves every praise from every creature, every day. Here is your host, Chase Green.
1: Hello, and welcome to Season 4 of the Everyday Christian Podcast. This is our first episode of Season 4. This is our second season with the Scattered Abroad Network of Podcasts, and I'm certainly glad to be a part of that network. You can find us at scatteredabroad.org. We've got podcasts for every day of the week that you can listen to. And uh, today I'd like to highlight very briefly the Scattered Abroad Podcast. This is a podcast where all the various hosts of the Scattered Abroad Network get together, and uh, once a month, on the first Sunday of the month, we have the Scattered Abroad Combined Podcast, and we talk about biblical topics, and uh, we uh, each uh, give five or six minutes or so of, of our thoughts on these various topics. And, of course, we use a lot of Scripture and and uh, make sure that we uh, proclaim the Word on those various topics. So I certainly would encourage you to check out that podcast, the Scattered Abroad Podcast, at scatteredabroad.com. Org. Well, this is the first episode of our brand new season of the Everyday Christian Podcast. Again, listen to us every Monday at the Scattered Abroad Network. And I want to introduce what we're going to talk about this season. And I'm thinking about uh, doing a book of the Bible uh, once a year, probably in the second season of the year, starting here in August. And this year, I've chosen to do the Book of James. This is one of my favorite books. It's uh, very, very important uh, for us to study this book, as all books of the Bible, and uh, particularly this book of James. It's got a lot of very quick, uh, important principles that Christians should be aware of, and it's a short book. It's only five chapters long. Uh, You could read one chapter a day, Monday through Friday, every uh, week, and it would benefit you greatly. So anyways... Uh, Today, we're going to introduce the book of James, and we're going to go through the first 15 verses of that book. But I also want to tell you what else we've got in store for later this season.
0: And uh, we're going to do a series with Avery Hackney, uh, my good friend from the St. Louis area. He is a preacher for the Arnold Church of Christ in Arnold, Missouri, uh, there in the St. Louis area. And we're going to talk about mission work in uh, four episodes that will premiere after our uh, James episodes are over and uh, we're going to talk about uh, mission work over in in foreign countries and some of the places that Avery has been and also we're going to talk about uh, ways that Avery thinks that mission works can can be improved and and talk about uh, stateside mission work as well you know areas of the country that seem to be neglected to a large extent and and how we can reach those places, uh, maybe out west, maybe in the northeast as well. And he's also going to tell us a couple of stories uh, that are pretty funny also uh, in those episodes. So again, that will cover mission work with Avery Hackney.
1: And also, we're going to have a guest, uh, Joey Davis. He is with the Roanoke Church of Christ down in Roanoke, Texas, which is just about an hour or so south of me here in Marietta, Oklahoma. He's going to come on and talk about mentorship opportunities in the church. We're going to look at places in the Bible like Titus chapter 2, where the older men and the older women are to teach the the younger men and and younger women. And uh, also, he's going to tell us a little bit about internships uh, that he has been involved with in times past uh, at his congregation. So I'm really looking forward to that. And then also I've got a series uh, that I'm really uh, excited about because I'm going to have my brother on, uh, Lane Green. He's a good bit younger than me. He uh, will be 16 years old at the time of recording. And I'm going to have him on uh, regarding the teen perspective. And so I'm going to have that series later on this this season as well. Teen perspective. We're going to ask him some questions about Just cultural things and and how that uh, affects our Christianity, and I'm really looking forward to that. So that's what we have in store for this season of the Everyday Christian Podcast. I hope that you will tune in to all the various episodes that we have for this fourth season of the Everyday Christian Podcast, our second season with Scattered Abroad. I want to thank you, my listeners, for tuning in to this podcast, and real briefly, I want to go over... Some of the results that we've had so far, we have had listeners on every continent except for Antarctica. We're really excited about that. We've had listeners in uh, a lot of countries and I'll highlight some of those countries now. Uh, we of course have most of our listeners in the United States where I'm recording, but also India. We've had a lot of listeners in India and I want to give a special shout out to my listeners in India. The top 3 states in India, and we've had, I believe, twenty-four total states at this time of recording. Uh, and let me see if I can pronounce these. The top three states of India uh, that have listened to us: Maharashtra, uh, if I'm saying that right, and then also uh, Karnataka and Bihar. So I especially want to thank you, listeners, in those three states of India, uh, as you have uh, been the most listeners in that country. Also uh, in the United States, where I'm. Recording this and in where I live, uh, of course, Oklahoma. Uh, they're uh, number one in uh, in listens for me, and uh, of course, I, I live in Oklahoma. I'm recording this out of Marietta, Oklahoma, where I preach the Marietta, Oklahoma, Church of Christ, and then also Texas and Tennessee. I really appreciate y'all as well. Y'all are number two and number three of the 39 or so states uh, that have tuned into the podcast. I really appreciate all of my listeners, and I'm so excited to look at the analytic analytics of of where this podcast is reaching, and it's really encouraging to know that I can be recording this in a small town in Marietta, Oklahoma, and people all around the world uh, can listen to this podcast. And certainly that's the idea of our Scattered Abroad network of podcasts, and uh, truly we are scattered as Christians uh, across various places and various continents. But we are united, as we talked about in our first season of the Combined Scattered Abroad podcast, uh, scattered yet united on the principles of God's Word. Let's get into our study of the book of James uh, for our first episode of the fourth season of the Everyday Christian Podcast. Briefly, let's introduce this book of James, and we'll be very brief. James is often referred to as the Proverbs of the New Testament. The subject matter is very practical and deals with everyday Christian life. It covers a lot of ground in a very short book, as we said, only five chapters. Some might say that James is a spiritual hodgepodge, if you will, in the sense that it covers one topic after another, rapid fire, but all of these topics are interrelated as it pertains to the faithful Christian life. In chapter 2 of James, he covers the crucial and often overlooked theological point that faith only cannot save. Rather, faith must be accompanied by obedience. And so I can't wait to get to chapter 2 in a couple of weeks and we start studying that vital topic. James was written to Jewish Christians who were scattered abroad in various places at the church as the church had been Scattered because of persecution. James chapter 1 verse 1. You can look at Acts chapter 8 verses 1 through 4. Those that were scattered abroad went everywhere preaching the word. Christians, both rich and poor, are reminded in this book of the vanity of separation based on social structure and are reminded of spiritual equality that we have in Christ. Thus, the rich are humbled, the poor are exalted, realizing that The grave is the great equalizer, chapter 1, verses 9 and 10, and thus we should be looking toward the spiritual rather than the carnal to sustain us in our Christian lives. That's a very brief introduction to this book of James. Now let's get into James chapter 1. James 1, verses 1 through 4, I call the testing of our faith. James, a bondservant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ, to the twelve tribes which are scattered abroad, greetings. Scattered being uh, spiritual Israel Christians. My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. But let patience have its perfect work, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. Now, what is causing this scattering abroad of Christians? Well, it is this great persecution that was taking place among uh, Christians in many places, namely from the Jews, including at that time Paul. You look at Acts 7 and 8, and also persecution from the Romans as well, persecution from paganism. And so when James starts talking about the trying of their faith, remember the context of persecution. Now, now verse number two, he says, count it all joy when you fall into various trials. How can this be? How can Christians count it joy when we fall into trials? Well, James harkens back to, I think, Jesus' statement in the Beatitudes in Matthew 5, verses 10 through 12. You remember Jesus said, rejoice and be exceedingly glad for great is your reward in heaven for so persecuted they the prophets which were before you. Why should Christians rejoice in persecutions? Well, because because being a sign of a faithful Christian is persecution. All who live godly in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. Uh, Paul tells us that. And so we need to understand then that if we are going to live righteously before God, we will suffer some sort of persecution. Christians rejoiced when they were counted worthy To suffer for Jesus' name Acts five, verse forty one. So when you're going through a hard time as Christian, someone's mistreating you, someone is persecuting you, just remember that you can count that joy because you're counted worthy to be persecuted for Christ's sake. Verse number three, this is what persecution accomplishes, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. Persecution is a litmus test of faithfulness. And by the way not all Christians passed that test. Harken back to the stony soil in Matthew chapter 13. They were uh they accepted the the truth with joy, but then the persecution came and those stones uh did not allow them to develop deep roots and thus they were quickly washed away. Sometimes that happens with Christians. Verse number 4 says, but let patience have its perfect work, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. Thus, the patience that is produced by trials and persecutions makes us complete. It makes us perfect. It makes us spiritually mature. That's the idea. When you make it out of persecution, you're lacking nothing. There's nothing you can't make it through because you become stronger as you are tried in the fire's or refined in the fires of persecution. So that's verses 1 through 4, but now we want to look at verses 5 through 8, the instability of a wavering faith. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God, who gives to all liberally and without reproach, and it will be given to him. But let him ask in faith, with no doubting, for he who doubts is like a wave of the sea driven and tossed by the wind. For let not that man suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord; he is a double-minded man, unstable in all his ways. Do you want spiritual wisdom? Do you want discernment? Do you want the ability to to discern between good and evil? Then ask God for that wisdom that wisdom is available, but he wants us to ask him. He wants us to pray for wisdom. He wants us to be open to receiving wisdom and conforming to His will. As the Proverbs writer wrote, For the Lord gives wisdom. From His mouth come knowledge and understanding. He stores up sound wisdom for the upright. He is a shield to those who walk uprightly. He guards the paths of justice and preserves the way of His saints. Then you will understand righteousness and justice, equity, and every good path. Proverbs 2, verses 6-9. Verse number six, James says this, he says, But let him ask in faith, with no doubting, for he who doubts is like a wave of the sea, driven and tossed by the wind. Translation, we don't need to be wishy-washy with our faith. We either trust in the Lord or we don't. We either are on the Lord's side or we're not. When it comes to being a Christian, it comes to Decision time we are to be all in for Christ, we are to trust him when we ask him for things in prayer and including wisdom in this context, we need to ask in faith, we need to believe that he will deliver, otherwise we are as wishy-washy as the sea. he says in verses seven and eight, for let not that man, the wishy-washy man, suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. He is a double-minded man, unstable in all. His ways. This is what happens if we're wishy washy with our faith. We forfeit it. We forfeit our spiritual blessings, and James says we are unstable and we're double minded in all of our ways. Now, verses 9 through 11, we're going to notice this spiritual equality in Christ and also in death as well. Death is the great equalizer, my friends. It is appointed unto men once to die, and after this the judgment, Hebrews 9, verse 27. There's no escaping it. Unless Jesus comes back beforehand, we will all die one day. And regardless, we will all be changed, 1 Corinthians 15, verse 51. So we have to be ready for that time to come. Verses 9 and 10 says, Let the lowly brother glory in his exaltation, but the rich... In his humiliation, because as a flower of the field, he will pass away. In view of the fact that we all will die one day, what does that say about our earthly lot in life? At the end of the day, it doesn't really matter, does it? It doesn't matter if we're the lowliest of peasants or the richest of the rich. We're still going to die one day, just the same. So James says, Let the poor, lowly brother glory. In his exaltation, bringing brought to a higher status in the equality that we have in Christ. And let the rich glory in his humiliation, being brought to a lower status in this equality that we have in Christ. Verse number 11, James says this For no sooner has the sun risen with a burning heat than it withers the grass, its flower falls, and its beautiful appearance. Perishes. So the rich man also will fade away in his pursuits. And so, just as the grass and the flower whose beauties quickly fade, so fades the glory of the rich. So we don't need to put our investments in riches. We need to lay up for ourselves treasures in heaven, where moth and rust do not corrupt, and where thieves do not break through and steal. Finally, the last section of James chapter 1. Part 1 for today, we're going to look at verses 12 through 15. This is the source of temptations. Verse number 12 says, Blessed is the man who endures temptation, for when he has been approved, he will receive the crown of life which the Lord has promised to those who love him. I think we're dealing with two kinds of temptation here in James chapter 1 we've been dealing with the temptations that are trials, persecution. And I think that's the kind of temptations that he's talking about in this verse. We're about to talk about the other kind of temptations, though, temptations to sin. You think back to chapter 1, verse 1 for a moment, this scattering abroad of Christians. We think back to 1, verse 2, count it all joy when you fall into various trials. 1, verse 3, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. James wraps it all up here in verse 12, and he says, Blessed is the man who endures temptations, for when he has been approved, he will receive the crown of life. This goes right along with Revelation 2, verse 10, doesn't it? Which says, Be faithful unto death, and I will give you a crown of life. What was he dealing with there with the church at Smyrna? Uh, He says, The devil's going to cast some of you into prison. You're going to be tried for ten days, this symbolic complete and long period of time of trying their faith, be faithful unto death, then you can receive the crown of life. We need to rejoice when we endure temptations because we will be blessed for doing so, and we will be approved by God. Verse number 13, James says this, Let no one say when he is tempted, I am tempted by God. For God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he himself tempt any one. Now we get into those other type of temptations, temptations to sin. James says that the source of these temptations, or any temptations for that matter, is not God. God does not tempt us. Now, I believe he's talking about God the Father particularly here. You look at verse 17. It says, uh, Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and comes down from the Father of lights with whom there is no variation or shadow of turning. I believe he's got the Father in view here. And the reason I say that is this. We know that we've got God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit uh, within this framework known as the Godhead. And none of them tempt man with evil. We know that because God is all good. He is omnibenevolent. God does not tempt man with evil. But what about being tempted with evil? I believe this context in verse uh, number 13 is dealing with God the Father. And here's why. Because God the Father in heaven, he's not tempted with evil. But what about Jesus? Was he tempted? Well, yes. When he came down to earth, he humbled himself and became as fashioned as a man He was the word that became flesh, John 1, verse 14. Part of that humbling experience, if you will, coming to live as God in the flesh, coming to live among us as a man, what did he have to do? He had to go through temptation. Matthew chapter 4. He was tempted by Satan with the same forms of temptation that we are tempted with, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life, and yet he was without sin, wasn't he? Three times he was tempted, and three times he responded, It is written, he was tempted, God the Son, living uh, in human form. He was able to be tempted, but he did not succumb to those temptations. So again, I think uh, God the Father in heaven is being uh, in view here in verse number 13. Let no one say, when he is tempted, I am tempted by God, for God cannot be tempted by evil. Nor does he himself tempt anyone. Verse number 14 says, But each one is tempted when he is drawn away by his own desires and enticed. The King James Version says lust. The New King James says desires, and this is the same idea. Things that you and I are susceptible to. It might be alcohol, it might be drugs, it might be greed, it might be power or pride. It might be sexual desires that are sinful, that are uh, not within the marriage bed, Hebrews 13, verse 4. Uh, it might be gossip. It might be lying. These are various things that we are tempted to do. We're all susceptible to various things, and the devil knows what we're susceptible to, doesn't he? And he will use those things against us. Well, we are tempted when we're drawn away by our own desires and enticed. This is the process of temptation. And then sin. When we succumb to those temptations, then it results in sin. Verse 15, then when desire has conceived, it brings forth or gives birth to sin. And sin, when it is full grown, brings forth death. So, we know that temptation cannot be a sin. For Jesus Christ was tempted in all points like as we are. Yet without sin, Hebrews 4, verse 15. Well, Satan tempts us with these things that we are susceptible to, these desires, and then when those desires conceive, then it brings forth sin. When we fall, when we miss the mark, when we uh, act on those temptations, then we sin, and the sin brings forth spiritual death. Romans six twenty three, the wages of sin is death. Well, we have to overcome sin then. We have to flee those temptations if we want to be right in God's sight. Certainly, the book of James is chock full of a lot of good application for us as Christians in our daily lives, and I look forward to continuing this study of the book of James as we get into James chapter 1, part 2, next week, Lord willing on the Everyday Christian Podcast. We hope that you'll join us then.
0: Thank you for listening to this podcast from the Scattered Abroad Network. If you would like to email us, you can do so at thescatteredabroadnetwork at gmail.com. That's Network at gmail.com. Remember, you can check the show notes below for all of our social media platform links. Also, don't forget that you can find us on all major podcast platforms and please leave us a rating or review. We hope and pray that this has helped you grow closer to Christ even though we are scattered abroad. May God bless you.